0: we <laughs> Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven is here. Uh, you know what I call second place? Uh, first for losers. First loser. That's right. What a bunch of bums. No, they, yeah. It, what I, we'll go into this uh, after our first uh, break, just coming up here. But yeah, intro Weird week in that like, not the result the Dodgers have been really seeking all year. But and two monstrous injuries uh and still it kind of felt good like yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. some exciting it, wins the, it, and... opposite, it was the
1: opposite of the uh, the previous few weeks right where yeah. they're like they're red hot but they can't catch the giants so everyone's going like what's wrong with the dodgers and then like this week they they didn't catch the giants but it's like Yeah, hey, these guys are pretty good yeah. like like I don't know it was weird
0: but we'll go into those injuries uh we'll uh dissect um everything that happened the past week we'll look ahead to the cards we don't have a dodgers rewind because there's too much to talk about we do have questions from craig because we can't say no to that all of that after this another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the Dodgers finish one game back. Uh, they win 106 games and they get to play a one card playoff.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's actually, I think going to be a 26 card playoff because they're, they're playing the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So Uh yeah, Uh no. Uh Yeah. Weird year, Uh 106 wins is the, Uh, Well, it's the best. It's the most wins by a defending champion, uh, defending World Series champion ever. Now there (laughs) were there were some teams. There were some um, in the 154 game schedule. There were there were like uh, I think it was six Yankees teams, and then like three old Philadelphia A's teams. Uh, I ten total teams that had a better uh, winning percentage than Mm. these uh, Dodgers, but like since I think the last, the last one that was better was the 1954 Yankees. Uh, And they also um, uh, finished in second place because the Indians uh, that year were uh, won 111 games. So like, but then that was also only one, uh, you know, one playoff team per league. And this year, you know, there's five playoff teams per league. The Dodgers at the second best record in all of baseball. And, um, they, for, you know, like you said, it's a one game playoff. It is what it is. Like, I will say this. Um We talked about it before our little mini break there. Um I know like, like the, the, the second, I don't know, since the all-star break, it seems like um, like the Dodgers have had a great year, right? Like it's just, just is what it is. Uh, they, they won 106 games. It's hard to say like, Hey, that what's wrong with that team. But like, because the giants like just, kept winning um, that the Dodgers like season is viewed through this really negative lens, it seems like. But uh, it was funny. I think Bill Plasky was the one who asked this. I think this was Saturday and um, he asked Dave Roberts, um, you know, I think at the time this was, oh yeah. So you could, can 104 win season be considered a disappointment and Dave Roberts like explained, look, like, look, obviously, um world winning the world series is our goal you know whether we by the way this was at the time the giants were still playing um and they were the dodgers were down 2 with 2 to play so it didn't seem like sunday was even going to matter at that point um but you know roberts was like look whether we win the division or not like you you can't view it as a disappointment because of like all the work that people put in it just totally disrespects that. And, and then Roberts kind of went a little bit further than I expected him to, but he said, uh, yeah, people who share that view are clueless. And I was like, Oh yeah, Dave, go. Like, if this was fun. And, uh, but, um, yeah. And then they just, and they ended up, <laughs> they just kept winning all weekend despite like, uh, key, very key players, uh, suffering really bad injuries. Like it was, uh, it was not a good weekend. Uh, it, the, the, if there's anything to be, like, a super bummer about, um, it's the injuries to uh, Clayton Kershaw and Max Muncie, which were suffered Friday and Sunday. I guess Kershaw, you know, it's been sort of coming for a while, I would imagine, uh, but it just sort of gave out Friday. But, yeah, so um, I guess were, uh, I'll ask you this. What Were you watching – uh friday uh, live when Kershaw like exited the game
0: i i was not i we had a uh a little little family illness running through the corner so my weekend i did watch uh most of sunday until it was clear the giants were going to win and i was just upset at baseball at that point so i sure uh, and i watched um i all all of the uh gazillion home run game on thursday thursday is that right
1: uh was that thursday? again yeah, this or, week has blurred yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh yeah, I, it's hard to keep track
0: the one plus four game as it were uh yes so yeah i watched most of the baseball but it all blurs and which game was what uh but, but the the kershaw game i definitely was sleeping taking care of a kid doing something
1: yeah the, the one uh, i was saying the one plus four game was actually wednesday But like, uh, sure. Right. I'll guess
0: I believe you (laughs)
1: like days of the week are always jumbled together during the baseball season, but like the last, yeah, especially so recently. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so, so on Friday, um, you know, Clayton Kershaw, he missed, uh, it was about two and a half months, a little, maybe a little less than that with, uh, with that. This is, it's always like weird how they word things when they put him on the injured list in July, it was left forearm inflammation, but like, it's all like connected to the elbow and like Kershaw mentioned, like, you know, my elbow is sore. He talked about elbow. The doctor's was like, no, it's forearm thing. Cause I think, it, you know, you don't want to say elbow. Nobody ever wants to say elbow injury out loud because it always means bad things, but it's not like it makes it any better. Um, It's very clearly elbow related Um, and his rehab for that during those two over two months was shut down because of soreness in the elbow. Um, He finally came back. He looked pretty good. I would say the first two starts back he had the, the second start was in Cincinnati where he had like 20 swinging strikes in five innings. I think he struck out eight that day. But he he was like looking good. You're like, okay, wow, this he's this is like maybe a little bit better than I expected, a little quicker than I expected. And then you know he you know knowing he was going to still like have time to build back up a little bit for the the postseason. We even talked about this um, uh, wondering like because you know obviously the Dodgers' top three starters at the when he came back what were Scherzer, Bueller, uh, Urias, and are they really going to go with like Kershaw as the fourth starter? And I was like skeptical that they would. And I think I was right in that because after, um, on, uh, on Friday night, uh, or maybe it was, I can't remember if this was after the game Friday or I get it. Maybe it was Saturday when Dave Roberts talked about this, but he said, um, the Kershaw injury, which I'll get to in a second. Um, that basically locked in Julio Urias as a starter and like, cause they were considering doing like the same sort of thing that they did uh, last year with him. Now at, you, you still need four starters in the, in the postseason, but I think maybe in the division series, you could, um, well, had they won the division and didn't have to like use uh, you know, a starter in the wildcard game to sort of mess with the schedule um, at times, I think they might've, considered using Urias in like that super relief role um, in addition to starting kind of like what they did last postseason. But now with Kershaw, he's very clearly uh, one of the three starters and then figure like figuring out what's left after that, if they advance past the wild card game. But yeah. Um, so Kershaw um, had a rough start at Coors, but it was also Coors. Like I, I don't think anyone thought anything of that start thinking, it was like a warning sign or anything. It's just it was just kind of coors, um, but then Friday night he was kind of just laboring just generally. Uh, I think he allowed like five of the ten uh, batters uh, he faced to reach uh, with a hit, and there were a couple times the last batter he faced was Colton Wong, and like Kershaw was wincing uh, during the delivery. I think uh, I think it was they've like two or three times. And then uh, I was looking at a, a couple of replays of that. And yeah, he, he looked absolutely gassed on the mound, like just trying everything to, you know, to sort of make this work. And then they, uh, after the, the, the he gave, I think he gave up a double to Wong. Uh, and they're down, uh, I think it was three to one or three to nothing at the time. I don't remember. Uh, trainer comes out. Dave Roberts comes out. They talk to him. And then all of a sudden Kershaw's walking off the the mound and it made it weird because everyone was like shocked or just like a super bummer. Like you're, uh oh, this, this is bad, right? This is obviously going to be bad. But Kershaw was like holding the ball as he walked off. And like, I think people like latched onto that um, because he's going to be a free agent after this year and, just, like, there's at least the um, technical possibility that he could not be a Dodger after this year. Um, and I think people saw him, like, taking the ball off the mound thinking, oh, crap, like, they're, Kershaw's, like, done as a Dodger. And I think, uh, I, I tweeted something about this, but, like, just generally, like, I think it <clears throat> it's a long way to assume that Uh, I I think, I think Kershaw is much more likely to be a Dodger going forward than not. But, and there's, everyone sort of likes to bring up, um, a possibility of him like pitching for the Rangers, uh, because it's his his hometown team. He had an interview in the off season with Jorge Castillo of the times talking about how, you know, it's going to be a tough decision with his kids, uh, Wanting them to be like in school, uh, at home in Texas, because you know during the season they sort of uh, have traveled with with Kershaw in Los Angeles and wherever. So uh, that really is not going to be able to happen going forward. Um, but but also like he sort of hinted in the Castillo piece back in like February that you know he wasn't entirely sure that he was going to keep pitching. So like retirement was like floated at least in the, in the piece. But I would say Kershaw, like at least getting out ahead of this or after it was out, like in spring training, he's like, no, I very clearly want to still pitch. Like, and so I think people latched onto that. Um, I know Andy McCullough wrote a very good piece at the athletics sort of, sort of alluding to the, um, you know, wanting to be, like home and if you know whether he's done or not it was more open-ended but um it's one of those things i don't think he's gonna pitch for the rangers like they're a, he's not gonna go pitch for a bad team right but i think it like that was sort, sort of on my mind on friday but like i think the main thing is we're so we're recording this on monday that he's supposed to have like further testing today. like there's a very good chance kershaw's uh, not even pitching next year Because depending on the, the injury Like it could be Like if it's Tommy John He's definitely not pitching next year But no one really knows um, uh Exactly what the extent is But everyone assumes it's it's bad Now You know Even on Friday I, Did you end up seeing any of the, the Like post game interview with Kershaw?
0: I didn't see any of it But I was following along with Twitter
1: Yeah he was Um as bummed as I've seen him like it wasn't as bad as after the 2019 division series when he mm-hmm. gave up the the two home runs in relief he was so despondent like after that this one he was like you know ob- I think Kershaw obviously they won a World Series last year so that's part of it but like he was so he said he was so focused on getting back to be able to contribute in the postseason uh, that he just he tried to come back and he's just I until I couldn't do it anymore. And he, everyone, like, they were very careful to say, like, we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out, but I think he knew Dave Roberts knew, but was said less about it. That Kershaw is like not definitely not pitching this postseason, he's like, it's going to be awfully hard to contribute. That's what Kershaw said, and I think it's it's like that's a kind way to put it, but he's like very clearly not going to be pitching for a while. And so it was a huge, huge bummer because it's Kershaw, right? He's like the franchise and, um, and like, you know, that, that sucks. Uh, but so that, that sort of cast a pall over the uh, entire, entire weekend, I guess, like, at, you know, they're obviously trying to go into the playoffs on a high note. And it was just like, man, that, that was, that was such a bummer. Um, but yeah, so they're, very likely not going to have Kershaw for the entire postseason. I'm sure we'll find out more in within a day or two. But, uh, yeah, that, that was a huge bummer.
0: Yeah, and I'm going through... I'm trying to remind myself of what, what baseball I did watch just because of how yeah. blurred that week was. But I can tell you while I figure that out, uh, I I did not see the, the Kershaw injury. I, boy, did I see the Muncie injury.
1: Oh, God, yeah. And so that was... Um, I'm not sure exactly what uh, uh, it wasn't a thing where you could obviously hear it in the press box. And I don't remember if I was, if I had headphones on at the time, uh, this was like the third inning on Sunday. Uh, it was a little number uh, in front of the plate, Jace Peterson, who uh, over the years, when back when Jock was a Dodger, it, uh, I had to remind myself is not Jock Peterson, even though his name almost is that. Um, he little tapper in front of the plate. Will Smith fielded it through to first. The, it was the classic. The throat kind of drifted towards the first baseline right as um, Peterson is at first. So Muncie, uh, who's a right handed thrower, uh, reaches over with his left hand uh, to try to catch it right at the point where uh, Peterson's coming and Peterson, you know, he's just run to the bag, kind of runs right through it, and uh, you know, it's at that point where your elbow is like just very much exposed, and you're you're like reaching this one way, and then someone like hits it the other way. I mean, it was one of those things where you figure at the very least it's hyperextension. Uh, we again, we still don't know the full extent of Muncie, um, but he like flew like sort of twisted immediately the glove flew off uh like in a twisty way like a a little bit up the first base line in between first and second the ball trickled away so peterson was safe but like muncie immediately crumpled to the ground i don't i think he screamed because or at least like i was looking at the replay it, it was very clear that it hurt a lot and um he was like writhing on the ground for a while um he, he did walk off under his own power, uh, but he was like very, very gingerly holding his left arm. Uh, the Dodgers' official uh, diagnosis yesterday was left elbow injury. After the game, there wasn't much clarity. Um, Dave Roberts said uh, the results were still... Um, oh, what did he... what did he I forgot the exact term he used, but it's it just unknown right now. They, they did x-rays they did some further scans. I it, it, that tends to believe that that's that usually happens if there's like, um, if there's so much swelling that you can't really see much yet. So I think they're going to do more today and on Monday and figure it out. But so at the very least Muncie is, is almost certainly out for the wild card game Wednesday, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, it sounds like he's going to be out for a lot longer than that, um, because you know, depending on what the the injury was. But um, Kurt uh, Roberts made it sound like uh, division series, highly unlikely if the Dodgers advance. And but he was saying like, look, I don't want to count uh, Max out, uh, but we're just sort of waiting and seeing. But it sounds like there's a very like real chance that Max Betsy does not play in the postseason, even if the Dodgers last through the World Series. Uh, again, we don't know the extent yet, but that's that was sort of the tone of post game on Sunday. So yeah, um, and obviously um, those are two of the biggest like contributors for the Dodgers. Kershaw was very clearly one of their four postseason starters. Muncie is a guy who you know hits anywhere, uh, who, who at times has hit anywhere between. Like second and sixth in the Dodgers lineup, but a very key component. He led the team in home runs. Um, uh, yeah, so it's it's a real bummer. Uh, they're they're going to be like very likely be without both for at least a while, if not the entire postseason. So yeah, it's a huge bummer.
0: Re reading these recaps of the games this week, and I watched. Yeah, I I remember watching most of this all of this except for Friday and yet yep. I yeah this is all one big game but a, a common thread f- through most of the games is um we hinted at this earlier uh Dodgers offense is this is what we were told we would get
1: <laughs> yep that was I think uh, a lot of the tone of the Dodgers you know coming into the last week um that the the, the idea they could be like disappointing in a way was sort of tied to the fact that like they, they were still like leading the league or leading the national league in, in run scored. Uh, but it was like they given the, the players available and we've talked about this where full strength is a, is a myth <laughs> at least it has been elusive um, where they, they don't always have the eight uh, their eight best available but they can feel the lineup um, with, you know, I think entering, I forget, I didn't look at the exact final numbers, but entering um, Sunday, I believe seven of the the starters on Sunday, uh, this includes Muncie, had a WRC plus of, uh, Justin Turner was 128. He was the lowest among those those top seven. Um everyone else was in the one thirties and one forties, uh, which is absurd to have that many players. And then like Chris Taylor was in that territory for much of the year slumped badly in the second half, but he's still at like one, one twelve or something like that. And he was the, uh, eighth place hitter yesterday. So like that is an awesome lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Like in that, and this last week they played like it. Um, and so it, it got to the point where, um, like, so the reason why we, you, like, you thought the the one plus four game was Thursday instead of Wednesday is because they just, every game was like that. They just kept hitting <laughs> home runs. Like, uh, I think it's right, like, right after the, the one plus four game, they hit six home runs that night. They hit five home runs the next night. So it was like, um, they just kept hitting home runs. They were, and then they did also other stuff, like, besides the home runs, which was always a thing that was sort of plaguing them in the, at least in the second half. Um, Cause like, even after like um, Trey Turner had joined, the Dodgers were averaging fewer runs per game than they did like before the all-star break. Um, but then like this last week, they, they almost scored eight a game. Uh, it was, it was crazy. Um So they, in fact, they, I believe in the last five games of the season they scored eight or more in every game. That's the longest, uh, tied for the longest streak in franchise history. They've done it. They've done it um, three other times, Uh, once in LA recently, and then twice in Brooklyn. So this is as good. We've talked about this. Like the pitching carried the Dodgers this year, uh, like just all year. Like uh, there were different uh, times. It was heavily starting pitching for the first like four months, and then or three months, I guess, and then as you know pitchers got hurt they they were it was the bullpen and like just an every like a johnny holstaff thing for a while um but like everyone was pitching incredibly well carrying that even when the offense was struggling but like this last week uh it was the offense and like we talked about this like so at, at some point that they, they're good enough to hit their way uh through stuff and like you know and that's what really happened like the last um Especially in the last week, and like, it's one of those where it doesn't. Al- how you play in September doesn't always mean like what you're going to do in October. They still have to play well, but the the fact that they have the the personnel to do that, and the fact that they showed it finally, um, is at least something to like hold your hat on. I think going into October, so yeah, that's uh, the offense looked very, very, very good. And, well, especially so, Trey Turner. Has just been on fire. Like uh, he ended up, I think he ended the season on a 19-game hitting streak. Uh, he clinched the batting title. The uh, the first I'm contractually obligated to say this: the first Dodger to lead the major leagues in batting average since Eddie Murray in 1990. <laughs> Eddie Murray did not win a batting title because he was robbed. Um, but Turner, uh, I was surprised by this. I, I didn't realize it till Sunday. He led the National League in total bases. Uh, Trey Turner uh and uh he led the national league in stolen bases, he led the national league in hits, he led the national league in fan war. Um so a very like he's like the all the mvp conversation is sort of uh centered centered around like Bryce Harper versus Juan Soto uh with like a dash of Fernando Tatís, but I think the Padres collapse hurts them greatly there even mm-hmm. though if, even if Tatís is deserving but he also didn't fit, play very well down the stretch. But like Turner man has as good of an argument as anyone I don't I don't necessarily think he's gonna um, uh, win like MVP but he's just about as deserving as any of the candidates and like he was excellent but the other the other thing is Corey Seeger is I believe uh, Dave Roberts this week multiple times called him bubble Corey Seeger um, which from even though last year wasn't technically a bubble but Right. He's hitting as well as he did in in Texas last year during the playoffs, and he's just for like a month ha- has just been tearing the cover off the ball. And what a treat it has been to have him healthy. Um, and then he and Trey Turner, like batting in like the top three of the lineup, um, like down the stretch, has really driven the offense um, quite a bit. So yeah, it, it's a um, it's it's something to watch. That that that's that's sort of. Uh, I think, a high point going into the playoffs for them.
0: Well, we're going to look ahead to the playoffs after the break, but I think you have a trivia question for me uh, to do to take us to the break.
1: Yep. Okay, so um, Trey Turner, uh, you know, he was activated about a week after the Dodge trade forum, after the trade deadline, because he was on the COVID IL. Uh, but he coincided roughly with, um, uh, I do a post, Uh, three times a season, uh, breaking the season down in 54-game chunks because sometimes it's nice to see how things sort of play out over the years, um, over the season. The Dodgers this year, you know, going into the season, everyone's talking about, like, um, let's see, uh, like, they were very, like, just about every prognostication or, like, betting line had them well over 100 wins. It ended up being, hey, look, that's right. But, like, um, this is how you can sort of view a season as a disappointment. First 54 games, they were 32 and 22. The second 54 games, they were 32 and 22. So, that's a 96-win pace. Imagine being, like, a 96-win uh, caliber team and everyone going, what's wrong? Like, you know, like, <laughs> that, that's kind of crazy. But in the, the final 54 games with healthy Seager, Trey Turner, uh, uh, Max Scherzer at his peak. Uh, Walker Bueller and Julio Urias, uh, both pitching very well. They were 42 and 12 in the last 54 games. Uh, and, uh, I, I made a joking post. Um, this is not 54 games, but, uh, a couple weeks back, I said, it's going to be wild when someone it, it, to, to tell one of the teams, look, sorry, you won 35 out of your last 50 games, uh, but you didn't win the national league West. The Dodgers ended up winning 39 of their last 50 games and they did not win the National (laughs) League West. So, But back to the 54 game thing. So 42 and 12 for a final 54 games on the schedule. Um, Where would you say since 1901 Mm -hmm. uh, in Major League Baseball? Oh, uh, this is American and National League only actually. uh, Uh, Apologies to the Negro Leagues, which is technically counted as major league, but some of the scheduling uh, is is a little uh, rough, at least record keeping wise. So it's hard to sort of delineate. But um, uh, so, uh, my I'm going to make this very simple. Yeah. There's two. I'll give you two outs here. A. Uh, first question When is the last time someone finished better than 42 and 12 over, over the last 54 games? And since 1901, uh, what place would you think that record is uh, in terms of the best 54 game stretches uh,
0: since 1901? Okay, I will take stabs at that after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Plus. You're asking me to kind of contextualizely guess and seem really smart on how the Dodgers uh last 54 games of the season uh work. So let's let's start we'll start with the first question you asked me. When was the last time a team finished as good or better?
1: Uh I will accept both.
0: Okay. Um thinking. Uh that really good Dodger stretch was not was near the end of the season but not the end of the season cuz they tanked uh in August. Um oh, let's say 1987. I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay, so I was looking here um there the just generally the there was an um 1980, the 1983 White Sox finished 41 and 13, but that was slightly worse. Um, but yeah, go, uh, what about the other part? Um, where do oh, you think they, they place?
0: I, I randomly wrote down fifth.
1: You were right. Yeah, <laughs> <woo>! exactly right. <laughs> Tied for fifth with the 2002 A's, uh, 42 and 12. So the last the last one that was better was actually very recent, um, uh, 2017 Cleveland. Um, They won 22 in a row uh, down the stretch. They were 43 and 11. Um, The other teams that were better, uh, the 1906 Cubs, uh, who lost the World Series to the Hitless Wonders. But I think that that Cubs team, I believe, was 116 and 36, which is insane. (laughs) Um, But they they finished 47 and 7 down the stretch. Uh, (laughs) And then you have the 1942 Cardinals. Uh, They finished 44 and 10. Uh, that was a year where, so the Dodgers won their first pennant in 21 years in 1941. They won 100 games. Then they they turn around and win 104 games in 1942. And then, but because the Cardinals finished 44 and 10, they finished with 106 uh, 106 wins. Very similar to this year, in fact, uh, except for the the Brooklyn didn't have a, a fallback uh, wild card to to go to the playoffs, but. Uh, Then also the 2001 A's uh, finished 44 and 10 only, I believe, to finish um, 15 games uh, behind the Mariners in the standings because (laughs) uh, they won 116 games. So, yeah, um, that's I was I was shocked by how good that finish was and how like just generally last year obviously was only a 60 game season. Uh, but the last fifty-four games for the Dodgers were 39 and 15. That that's their second best 54 game finish. Uh, I'm looking here. It looks like the um, the 1953 team, which is usually the gold standard for either run differential in, in franchise history or like wins before this recent stretch. Um, they were 39 and 15 in the last fifty-four. Uh, 1924 Dodgers, which who were not terribly good. They ended up winning 92 games. I mean, so that's good. They finished in second, but like uh, that was generally not a good era for them or it was about to be. They finished 39 and 15. Uh, I'm trying to see. I don't see any other recent um, Dodger teams. I guess, well, 2019. So we're basically living in the golden era of strong finishes. They were 37 and 17. Yeah, like look at the um, uh, the, the, the last five years is the best five-year winning percentage in Dodgers history. They they won 104 games in 2017. They won 106 games in 2019 and 2021. Last year, they had the highest winning percentage in, like, forever. Uh, but it was obviously only a six-game season. But their um, uh, winning percentage is 636 over the last five years. The 51 to 55 Brooklyn teams um, was 633. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, you know... Kinda the golden era for for the Dodgers right now, and that's uh, we've s- sort of seen it in how how they played.
0: All right, so let's talk. Let's move ahead. Let's look ahead at this one one game. Like last time, game one sixty three doesn't feel the same because no, still, it was the, you had the backdoor option and yes, um, but that's as close as we've really come, other than think then game sevens, I guess, and game fives. Um, this very do or die mentality. There's a lot of, uh, I don't know, right? What the right word is, but um, indignation that the Dodgers, having won so much, have to play this game. But guess what? They do. So time to just, you know, you how, however many wins more you had, you, the Dodgers are the better team. Go win. Yeah, um I think um, I Daniel Bram their... had a tweet like that.
1: Which, right. Like, him. yeah. Uh, I think it's their first uh, win or go home single game, not counting like a a game five or a game seven, obviously, but like, uh, since the 1980, uh, uh, one game tiebreaker against the Astros, where going into the final weekend at Dodgers stadium, the Dodgers were down three games with three to play. They swept the Astros to get a tiebreaker game at home, um, which was where that series was. And then they lost on Monday. So, uh, yeah, so that was the the only the last one and done, I believe, uh, for the Dodgers. So, yeah, it's 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 um, it's obviously like since the 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 wild card game started in 2012, the Dodgers uh, narrowly missed the postseason that year, but then they won the next eight um, you know NLS titles. So, like, they have not been exposed to the wild card game, which is um, both like kind of amazing to watch but also gut-wrenching and terrifying <laughs> just generally because it's it's a one-game playoff and anything can happen in one game. That said, um the Dodgers are very clearly better than the Cardinals. Even even the uh looking like they were invincible Cardinals for much of the last month, uh but yeah, so like I think people are talking themselves into knots uh about how The Dodgers are going to lose only because it's just something to like whine about for the lack of a better term, but the Dodgers are very clearly better than the Cardinals and they should win the game. Doesn't mean they will, but like there's very good reason to expect them to win Wednesday, um, which would set up the first ever Dodgers Giants postseason series. We'll obviously I have another episode talking about that if that happens. We'll also have another episode talking about how it's not happening, perhaps uh, depending on how Wednesday goes. But you know the the Dodgers are in like a very good spot. I think going into Wednesday, they're at home. They have Max Scherzer on the mound now. His last two starts wasn't weren't very good. Like he had the uh, uh, like a bad start at Coors, like, similar to Kershaw. Like it was it was Coors. But then against the Padres in that, the one plus four game, uh, he allowed 11 hits, uh, was getting hit around a little bit, but he was like invincible. Like maybe he's, maybe somewhere in between, you know, like, uh, he still had a very good overall year. He's still Max Scherzer, um, Adam Wainwright, uh, who has been just uh, had an amazing season, especially at age 40. The Cardinals have a terrific defense. Uh, they're going to be formidable. Um, but, yeah, I think the Dodgers should be favored. Now, the Cardinals uh, won 17 straight uh, in in September, uh, which is hard to do. Uh, the, the Dodgers and Cardinals met four games uh, at Busch Stadium in September right before the, the winning streak for the Cardinals. Um, Max Scherzer dominated in the opener in that series. He struck out 13 in eight innings, um, gave up one unearned run. Uh, Wainwright pitched into the ninth in the third game of the series uh, and won his start. So, like, it, it's it's going to be exciting. They they split the four games. Uh, then after the series, the Cardinals finished the year nineteen and four. So, like, um, yeah, they've been playing excellently. Like the uh, excellent defense. They they have the old divisional foes uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. So there's going to be sort of that factor. Their outfield defense, especially, is excellent. The um, and I just, it's going to be exciting. Like um, it, it should be a fun game. But like, I think that the Dodgers are home. Their offense is playing well. I think. Uh, I think they're in a good spot. But you know, it's one game. Anything can happen. So it very well. You know, who knows? But like, yeah, it's one of those things. We'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: I <sighs> just, <laughs> we we uh, like. We've talked a lot about how I hate playoff baseball, and that's why I, you know, at times wasn't watching some of the last weeks because I got it got too stressful. It's too stressful, so a one-game playoff is just the the. Uh, yeah, the
1: other that, thing is like in a in a series, like in a postseason series, you can sort of ease your way into it, uh, yeah, in a way. Whereas in the one game, like you you're thrown it's into like, the deep end, yeah, and it's just screaming from the top, like <laughs> ah. Like right away, so like it, it's a it's very weird, um, but yeah, like it's you know I always joke like October is like a huge month for Pepto Bismol. It just you know stomachs get in knots. Uh, it's it's very stressful, and the wild card game is it's great to watch when you have no interest in oh, it yeah. at all it's because it's just like, look at these teams suffering for our amusement. <laughs> but, uh, now, now it's like, Oh, oh crap! now that yeah, we're sowing, this yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Reaping and sowing. Uh, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, yeah. Dodgers won the world series last year. So I swore when they would do that, I would give up my, uh, no longer watching and only paying attention so I'll <laughs> yeah, be watching but I'll I'll probably be suffering yeah oh. uh, what
1: was it that's the Christmas vacation line it, it's the holidays and we're all in misery <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh well let's let's end on a high note a happy note because it's time for with we love him. Type bye question Craig Manami, friend of yours friend of mine friend of the show uh friend of everyone really uh except for you know who no I'm it's that's right up. uh i should note that uh y- you know we we started this podcast uh in 1922 that's right uh which exactly we were in Brooklyn. Was playing gully <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> ben- has Vance, nothing yeah. on us like, yep um but no when we when we started off we were very seat of the pants we we did not have show notes like at all like i would like write three things down which we wanted to talk about and that that, that was it uh and now for the last two years i'm spoiled because you write these wonderful show notes um send them off and i not know exactly i <laughs> was saying you did not do that today uh yeah
1: we're or scrambled. Uh, speaking of that, you 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 mentioned Vinscolli, made me think. I did. Uh, had I written show notes, I would have mentioned which I just forgot about. Um, Jaime Harin announced that next year is going to be his final uh, year. We uh, talked about that uh, last week. We did. We did. Well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was we. I think he about had like just
0: week. announced it, but maybe the the conference hadn't uh, taken place okay. yet. So,
1: all right. So, apologies, but you know what? He's it's such, I mean, it's hey, such good news. Well, like, yeah. yeah, he gets he gets two two episodes worth of mentions for that. That's great, and I'm Just glad. A very uh, nice man.
0: Similar to then that we'll have a nice year to really commemorate that. I'm looking Absolutely. forward to that. Uh, first question: Game two of the 2009 NLDS is one of the most memorable playoff games at Dodger Stadium. Can Eric answer some questions about that game? You ready?
1: I could try. Yeah.
0: Uh, who was the winning pitcher?
1: Oh god. Oh god. Um 2009. Um I don't even remember if he, he if he was on the team after 2008, but I'm going to take a stab and say Corey Wade.
0: Uh incorrect. So just to contextualize, th- th- so I I'm remembering correctly, this is a, an afternoon game with the uh is it is this the Matt Holiday game? Yeah. The
1: okay. Matt Holiday taking a <laughs> taking a line James Loney soft liner off the nuts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you like another guess at the uh the Sure. Winning um,
1: uh, um Let's go with uh, well uh, let's just go Jonathan Broxton. Uh, uh
0: close he did pitch in the game, uh, but the winning pitcher was George Sherrill
1: nice okay yeah good uh which, his yeah go ahead. go ahead
0: which dodger homered in the game
1: oh um huh. yep um let's go with a total guess here again ronnie belliard
0: uh incorrect it is andre ethier nice all right uh who were the starting pitchers in the game? Oh,
1: So, if I remember right, uh, oh 9 I think Kershaw started game one, which was like a big deal. And then, so that would have made game two because Vicente Padilla pitched game three, um with various buttons unbuttoned um and let's go Chad billingsley uh
0: Kling Kershaw started for the Dodgers Randy wolf ah. started game one Good Lord yeah okay, right? so <laughs> did, I like man, did
1: man. Kershaw start game one of the LCS then I don't remember what happened yeah who knows
0: uh I'll I'll see if I can find that out for you uh who started for the Cardinals?
1: Oh, so I think it was Adam Wainwright.
0: You are correct.
1: I, I remember he was the one complaining about the the white towels that the Dodgers fans had as a giveaway <laughs> uh, that they distracted. Uh, oh, they
0: need to bring them back.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh,
0: uh, little cheat here. Two inducted Baseball Hall of Fame players uh, played in that series. Can Eric name them? Note, only one played in Game 2.
1: So I saw this question... Uh, the very little show prep I did, I did glance at, at the, this part of Craig's questions. The first one that immediately came to mind was Jim Tomei. Mm-hmm. A- and the other one I am having a hard time coming up with. Um, I will think, just trying to think here. Um, oh, John Smoltz.
0: You are correct. Good job. Yeah.
1: I, I almost was thinking, I was thinking along the lines of Larry Walker, but I think he was already retired by then because I, I, I seem to remember it took him like all 10 of his seasons or something, or it was, or maybe nine to get into the hall and that would have like made him retire earlier than this. So that, that was, that was my, that's what was screwing me up.
0: Okay. I, I've got a, uh, I, I I'm Parsing this a little bit, but uh, the uh, only hit by pitch in the game was Jim Tomey took it, and nice. Clayton Kershaw's only walk in the game was intentional to one Albert Pujols. Whoa! And uh, Clayton Kershaw did start Game One of the NLCS, by the way.
1: Okay, that was the that that must have been in my head.
0: All right, the next question, uh, although it will be framed as the hot Cardinal team playing the Dodgers, in fact, the Dodgers went 18-3 and to finish the season. While well, fangress writer Jay Jaffe reminds us that how you play in September doesn't automatically translate to winning in October, do you think the Dodgers can continue the recent play and keep whatever momentum they have into play this Wednesday and hopefully in the NLDS?
1: Look, if Trey Turner keeps hitting grand slams, they're gonna <laughs> win. Like uh, he get grand slam on Friday, you hit a grand slam on Sunday. Uh, those broke uh, the Dodgers franchise record for grand slams in a season with eleven. They uh, ten. They hit ten in two thousand four, and so uh, Turner uh, was is the ninth different Dodger to hit a grand slam this year. Gavin Lux also had two. Um, yeah, there. I, I I just like the way the offense is playing. I. I think Max Scherzer is, is, is very, very good. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's not, it's less about momentum, more about the, the Dodgers, um, were, uh, they won 106 games, the Cardinals won 90. Um, and like Craig said, even down the stretch, the, like I mentioned, the Cardinals were 19 and four after that, um, series and the Dodgers, like he mentioned, were 18 and three down the stretch. So it's like, Yeah, they're good. Like I I think, and they're at home. So like, I do think they're going to win. But yeah, like it's a one game playoff. So things happen, right. The the fact that they're, they're at home, they're a better team. Anything in baseball is like, like, I think 60, 40 is like as, as good as you could hope for going in, you know, maybe a little higher depending on the matchup, but like, that's ki- that's kind of where that. So it's it's hard to sometimes accept that there's like a forty percent chance you're going to lose, but there's like there is, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, exactly. So it, it just, yeah, it's Ugh. just the, Well, w- sorry to Jacob's, um, you know, psyche. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, fortitude, intestinal fortitude.
0: <laughs> Trey Turner became the first Dodger to win a batting title since Dodger Stadium was a newly opened stadium. I'm trying to think of a comparable Dodger, and none came to mind. Do you like him in the three spot? And given what happened to Muncie? how much will the Dodgers rely on that top three of Betts, Seager, and Trey going forward?
1: So I was thinking about this. I was I I didn't ask Craig, but I I wonder what he meant by did. So I read that in my head at first as comparable, meaning like great player, great season they acquired mid-season. Or just style of play. It's yeah. probably style of play. Mm-hmm. That's kind of uh, how I interpreted that. Yeah, Because, yeah, Turner was excellent. Like, uh, So I was reading this. So I was going through some stats. I mentioned the, the final 54 games post, which uh, I I was up very late last night um, writing. And Turner's stats with the Dodgers are very good. He hit 10 home runs. He had 11 steals. I was surprised by this. He, he had... With the Dodgers uh, in that final third of the season, I believe he played 52 games. Um, he had 17 doubles. Like that's a uh, – the Dodgers have never had a 50-double player, at least uh, I, can't, I can't remember if um, uh, Johnny Frederick, I believe, had, had that in Brooklyn. But since moving to L.A., they've never had a 50-double player and he's basically been on a 50 double pace since joining the Dodgers. Um, so yeah, it's, um, he has been really, really good. Now it's weird because, you know, he has the power. He, he, his season ended with 28 homers and 32 steals overall, but like, he's also like the fastest player I can remember them having like the fastest, like Terrence Gore might've been faster, but like, you know, he's a very specialized type player. Um, I'm having a hard time coming up with someone like that that they've had. Um, is it is it too much to say like like Pete Davy Lopes? Because uh, he had the one year with 28 home runs in 1979, and he was an excellent base stealer. Um, probably not as good defensively as Trey Turner. Like Trey Turner like a uh, a natural shortstop Davy Lopes fast enough to play in center um move to second base was was okay um I, I, maybe it's Davy Lopes honestly like um yeah it, it, it is hard finding a, a comp for that sort of um skill set uh but he he's, he's very
0: unique this is a good example I think of uh how similarity score is cute, but sometimes doesn't work. Do you know who his uh, number one similar similar batter is?
1: Mm. I'll
0: give you a hint. He bats right before <laughs> uh, the the similar player <laughs> bats right before him. It's Corey Seager. Wow, nice. It's interesting because you know, you know, shortstop very good hitters and you know, and it does say similar batters, not certainly similar players. Both, but...
1: both will be signing uh very lucrative contracts within, I would say 12 months of each other, if not possibly days of each other. Yeah, both of like, the, the Dodgers. It's expand.
0: going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's
0: wild. I can't, can't see it uh, not happening. Uh, I lost, I lost the questions. You ready for the next question? Once I do find it. Sure. James Bond and Mission Impossible movies are famous for their opening scenes to kickstart the action. Are you a fan? And while Daniel Craig and Tom Cruise are big stars, how important are they to those franchises?
1: Uh, I like the cold open uh, uh, in a movie in a movie, in SNL, uh, in in a lot of stuff. Uh, I I would not say I'm a a James Bond head. Mm-hmm. Uh, or whatever you you call that, but like I've I think I've seen just about every Bond movie. Uh, Daniel Craig has been I think excellent uh, in generally in in the Bond movies. I'm not going to go. I don't know when I'll see No Time to Die, but uh, I'll see it at some point. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's been generally good. Like I, I like that Mission Impossible. Uh, I was like probably slow to that. Like that's been going on for a while. Like it's like every few years, like they come back to it, you know, but um, that's uh, you know, it's, it's like basically Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. And that's also wildly entertaining. Like, you know uh, it's an absurd um, sort of, there's usually like absurd circumstances, but like they pull it off and it's, I like it uh it's it's been generally like very good so like yeah as long as they keep making those movies at, at like same style I'll, I'll i will probably keep watching them they're, they're they're fun to watch the funny part is as you were asking that question i was not expecting the abrupt turn in the, the non baseball and you said james and in my head i was expecting you to say loney right mm-hmm. away and but you, you said bond and it threw me off so,
0: Celebrity softball or softball game MVP James Loney.
1: What? I don't remember this.
0: You don't? He like? Oh oh man, now I have to look this up. It was one of the pre the celebrity games at at Dodger Stadium. Ah, okay. He came back and hit like got like nine RBIs. I'll I'll look it up for you. Uh, uh, I I was a very big James Bond fan and have sort of uh, died off on that now. But you know, in the like middle school. I am very yeah. into it. Probably largely fueled by the GoldenEye video game, but uh Yeah. Still got really well, into all the older ones and stuff like that, but ha- haven't really kept up on a lot of the lot of that the new was
1: ones. uh I believe Famke Jansen and that one was uh Zanya on the top on the top. Mm-hmm. And like so they, they have like the over the top names uh, of characters and obviously Austin Powers spoofed it quite well. Uh, but yeah, that was, yeah, pretty good.
0: Looking, Google, Googling James Loney's celebrity softball game, just as I thought I would be when I started my day. One of those commercials that I always remember is the one where the guy joins his friends at the restaurant while they are ordering and says something like, I'll have the biggest steak you have and a Heineken. It seemed like such an adult thing to do. Anyways, (laughs) that's what adults do. Anyway, my question this week is about steak. Oh, no. oh he's making it We always get hungry after this and this is gonna cost us a, a pretty penny yeah do you prefer a certain cut was your first experience at a steakhouse a sizzler and if so how high in your favorites uh there would be a toast uh, uh be if at all in this uh in the last several years when i prepare steak i always let it rest and then Served it sliced. Starting doing that when I buy steaks at Costco for gathering. Do you like to do that, or do you prefer to get your own steak and eat it that eat it that way?
1: Great question. Um, Sizzler is an all time restaurant for me. Um, I will always have nostalgia for Sizzler because it was it was very heavily in the birthday special occasion dinner rotation uh, for me growing up. I was a steak and all you can eat shrimp guy from like an early age, like probably way too early, (laughs) uh, uh, shockingly early. Um, More for the shrimp was the big thing, but the steak was good. The sizzler steak, just to be clear, it's not very good. Like, you know, just (laughs) generally, but I, it's nostalgic and I will still order it uh, uh, during the pandemic when, you know, there was a lot of like delivery type things. Uh, Sizzler had like a, a takeout. Um, they had some deals going and I went there. I, the nostalgia hit pretty hard at some point. And I had, I think I probably ate there twice in like a month and, uh, it was, it hit all the spots. Like it's, it delivered exactly what I wanted it to deliver. And, um, yeah, I think generally at home, um, I very rarely cook like steak at home. That's more something like I will get going out, but I don't, I don't really get it that often going out. I think for my birthday this last year, um, I was just at at home, but I did, um, I, I got like Outback, which is, I I would say they're generally like, I think better than Sizzler, like for, for like a chain restaurant. Um, that was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, favorite cut, I think it's it's probably fillet. I know people like ribeye a lot, and it's it's probably a little more flavorful. Maybe um, I, I always tended toward the fillet if, if, if that was an option, even though it was obviously more expensive. And it's not, I it's not like I ate this a lot growing up. You know, that was a very rare thing. Um, and, well, not rare. Only once a week. My, my Yeah, my mom. Uh, used to get stuff, uh, well done, which is how I thought meat was prepared growing up. And, uh, then around in college, I realized that there were other ways to prepare meat, which was, which were way better. And, uh, and so, yeah, um, I'm a medium rare guy, uh, now, but, uh, generally I, I will slice the steak if it's, I'm more likely to do that for like a, a carne asada, um, which is generally a thinner cut and it's obviously not the same, but like I'm more likely to slice it for that. If I cook a steak at home, I will probably just cook it and then, you know, cut it as I'm eating it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess I don't make it often enough to like have a style, but yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Uh, if I'm serving it for other people, I'll go through the whole and dance of rest and all that, but if it's just sure. me, I'm just gonna probably tear into it because I'm hungry. You, um, in
1: fact, you don't even have a knife; you just yeah, stick just, a fork into it and no, eat it no, from no the just fork. hand, just grab oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: right. Um, ribeye, as you allude to, as uh, I am one of those people by far my favorite cut. Um, I don't get it all that often, but if I'm at a restaurant I trust and the ribeye is especially calling me, it's a really nice treat. Uh, there's a restaurant here in lawrence 715 uh that has a two-person ribeye i don't know how big it is but it's huge and melissa and i split that on our anniversary Ooh. dinner and it was delicious
1: is set is 715 named does it have any connection at all to hank aaron
0: it does not it's uh, oh. the address of this, ah. the restaurant Kimmy um, Jansen style of naming. <laughs> um, now I'm gonna stop talking about steak because I'm gonna get really hungry, and I do not have steak in this house, so I can't. I can't yeah, afford it.
1: Same. No, exactly. I, I, I'm not gonna go out and get. Steak. <laughs> door, I mean,
0: DoorDash or Ribeye. <laughs> if,
1: if I yeah, if, if I got steak right now, it would be like Chipotle, you know, mm-hmm, basically, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not the same. Uh, that's not that was not the the intent of the question. I don't yeah, think. not at all. Is that was that the last? See, uh, this is how prepared we are. Was that the last question from Craig?
0: It, it was about food. It was.
1: Of course, so we're ending on food. So, damn it, Craig, we're ending on steak. Um, all right. Well, look, everyone. We got two days till the wild card game, possibly one, depending on when you're listening to this. But however you watch the wild card game, cook a steak, enjoy it while you're watching Dodgers Cardinals, and we will talk to you uh, later this week, either about. The, the end of the Dodgers season or uh, previewing a series that might kill us all. No. Thanks for listening.